As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Like me, Lee Murray wanted to be world champion in the USC. He just happens to be involved in the largest cash robbery in the world. He's definitely not sane. <laughs> Showtime Sports presents the unbelievable true story about the MMA fighter who pulled off one of the largest heists in history. Huge amounts of money, armed gang, disguises, kidnapping. This is sort of thing you see in Hollywood films. We've never seen that for real. Catching Lightning, streaming Friday, April 7th, only on Showtime. Streaming with Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back, or welcome to to the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Uh, this week, I'm joined with Kev Dan, our uh, grandfather of Orange Weekly. Um, it's it's from his seed that we all came through, so <laughs> we're grateful to have the elder here with us. Uh, how you doing, Kev? Uh, I'm glad to be here, man. It's it's cool. We've built up in three years, and to be here on the podcast as well is uh, it's an honor. Really, I, I enjoy Ooh. this. An honor. Yeah, you, An uh, honor. You speak pretty highly of me. This is, uh, I'm, I'm flattered. Sure do, man. <laughs> it's it's uh, the beard. It is, yeah. Yeah, this thing's uh, it's got a mind of its own. <laughs> um, okay, so you know what? Let's let's just jump right into this. Um, before, you know, before we get started, though, I know we've got some new stuff going on with our Patreon, so I was wondering if you could uh, you know, tell our fans about it right now. Yeah, of course. Uh, this first year, we're really pushing the Patreon. Uh, we do monthly giveaways, uh, and so anyone who donates every month will be entered into that monthly prize, uh, but also they will be entered into the uh, end of the season prize. And right now, I think we're looking at a jersey, but depending on how many people we have donating, uh, that could be two jerseys, that could be different prizes. Uh, so even if you donate $1 for one month, you're going to be entered to the end of the season prize as well. Uh, in addition, if you know whatever month you donate in, if the Broncos win, you get five additional entries, which is really going to pay off for the end of the season uh, prize. Um, but I want to I want to shoot out some names right now. We got uh, Patrick uh, Rodak, Kevin Hollingsworth, Keith O'Donnell, and Bless Ramirez. In addition to Eric Landers, have been the uh, five most recent donors on our Patreon, uh, and we just gave away a Peyton Manning plaque a few weeks ago. And this next uh, next month, we're giving away. Uh, a Broncos jacket in addition to some Orange Weekly stickers and a, a Mr. B pen. So we're also trying to create some um, some exclusive content. Uh, we have a Patreon-only Orange Weekly group where we're going to be posting some videos and having some chats. So we are trying to make it uh, where you guys get some exclusive content as well. So if you want to go to patreon.com slash orangeweekly uh, and donate even a dollar a month, we'd appreciate it because that helps us uh, provide better content, better videos, better co- podcasts for you guys is really what we're trying to do. Yeah, that's really what, uh, you know, we're not like trying to make a penny off this, right? We just want to give the nope. best stuff to the fans. Um, we haven't made and, a penny in two years. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> and we'll keep doing it even without. So it's uh, exactly, it, you know, the way I, I see it is, you know, the more people that join in and the more we get, the better stuff we can get for the fans. So it's uh, it's it's really cool. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see how this Patreon grows. Um, yeah. So so thanks for that, Kev. Uh, and then let's just get right into this uh, upcoming let's game here. Um, rough start, unfortunately, the season. It's, um, you know, sucks. Let's be honest. Oh, and two is never where you want to be. <laughs> Um, but listen, new coaching staff, again, new culture again, right? So there's a lot of things that we're sort of growing through. Um, however, I think that our team has gotten better since week one. Um, you can see it on the field. It's, you know, we were tighter. We, we were a second away from winning, you yeah. know, it really, literally, we, literally, literally a second away. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think we did everything we could to get to, you know, the, the point where we could win. Um, and then unfortunately, you know, the, the football gods decided in, uh, in the other direction. But the great thing is, is that there's, uh, you know, there's growth happening. And, and I think there's some optimism to be had with, uh, with this squad. Um, you know, any, any thoughts on this previous game? I think it was really tough seeing how the offense struggled for the first three quarters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when we first put up that field goal, I said, okay, well, at least we're moving the ball. 
And then everything after that was just, uh, it, it was very frustrating to watch how they went out there and just could not get anything going. Now, the Bears' defense, I mean, this is the defense that uh, Vic Vangio really built up last year, you know I mean? So they're a solid defense even without him because of uh, the, the foundation that he laid for those guys. So it wasn't disappointing. It was more just frustrating to see how, you know, we were, you just could not get anything going. No, in the fourth quarter there, when we got stuff going there, it, it obviously was like, okay, well, you know, our defense has done their part for, uh, for the majority of the game, only held them to, what, 12 points uh, at that point. And when we started going, I said, okay, here, you know, here we go. Now we got a chance. Uh, and it was good to see them click in the fourth quarter, but that's the thing is we can't just play in, in the first and the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? So Absolutely. that was the tough part about it. It really was. And, uh, you know, that, that Bears defense, I think, is the best in the league. I mean, they've shown it, you know, for uh, through two weeks now, and I think they'll continue to do so. And it's going to be it's going to be difficult for any team in the league to move the ball against them. So we, it's a hard measure in terms of our actual potential. However, you know, to to be able to go up to against the best defense and to you know come a second away from winning, I think it's it's promising. Um, and the fact that we only performed well, I'd say in the fourth quarter, I think it's this is a good segue to the Packers because this is something that we're going to have to fix moving forward. You know, Flacco has played his best football in the fourth quarter in the last two games. He's thrown his only two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And, you know, he's, he's been the most efficient in those times. And, you know, as great as that is, uh, you know, it, it needs to, to, to be carried through the first three quarters because a team like the Packers this week, it's, we can't just, you know, slump around for half, three quarters of the game and show up at the end, right? Um, this is a, a different unit than last year. Their defense is looking really good. Uh, their offense has got a new shade to it, a new leadership with the young Matt LaFleur, and, and Aaron Rodgers seems to be taking it well. Uh, they're 2-0, and so, you know, nothing but smiles in Green Bay at this point. Uh, when you see this new like Green Bay team, like what um, what are your first first thoughts? Are you sort of you know surprised that they're doing well, or are you just yeah this is the same old well, thing? Whenever you're you're talking about somebody like Aaron Rodgers, I mean it's not ever going to be surprising that they're doing well. The more surprising thing would be if if they were the O and two team, you know. Yeah. I mean? So I mean I know they got a, a new offensive coordinator in there and, and their you know younger coaching staff with that, but Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. So I'm not surprised with that whatsoever. I think in regards to that, they're the same Green Bay Packers team with their foundation of just being a solid, well-rounded team in general. But, uh, you know, it's definitely a challenge for us going to Lambeau Field uh, and trying to take those guys on in the early time slot. If you add up all these factors, I mean, it, it looks like a very difficult game, but with the growth of the team like we've seen over the first two weeks, and even though the record doesn't show it, if you've really looked at how the teams performed between week one and week two, you know, there, there's a, man, I know I'm the more optimistic guy here in Orange Weekly, yeah. but <laughs> I, I think there are some things lining up that say, hey, this could be a trap game for the Packers. It could more be. Than anything else. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I think the Pack, I think we're in a position right now where people are going to underestimate, you know, the, us, right, as, as uh, well, us, we don't play for the Broncos. But, you know, I think people are going to underestimate the Broncos, just given the fact that they're 0-2 and they're still sort of developing in this new culture. Um, but you're right, this could be a trap game. Um, just a few stats, though, coming into this uh, this matchup. Um, Green Bay's changed a lot as compared to the last couple of years, especially on offense. Um, this last game, who'd they play last week? They played the, the Vikings. Um, yep. They were insanely balanced. They had 33 runs and 34 passing uh, attempts. That's exactly what game. you want to see from yeah, any team. Exactly. You, you want that balanced offense because that gives you the most opportunity. But, you know, we're so used to seeing Aaron Rodgers air it out 45, 50 times a game maybe. But now this year, things have changed. And I think it really is because of how they improve their defense overall. Uh, they drafted heavy on defense the last couple of years. Um, you know, their their coaching staff too has, has stayed. You know, with a little bit of continuity with Mike Pettin. Um, you know, Matt Lafleur is his first year as a head coach, but he kept uh, Mike Pettin from the the previous regime, and Pettin's done an excellent job with this unit. Absolutely fantastic. You know, I, I was very surprised at his performance. I didn't really like him as a coach, but now seeing him with Green Bay, I'm, I'm really into his style. Like he's uh, he, last year, he had 16 different players that had at least half a sack. So that shows that he has a very dynamic, you know, group. Right? He's got right. he's got a, the ability to put pressure from many different places. Uh, but yeah, Pettin also, you know, he he led the Packers at number 12 ranking pass defense last year. 
the, the year before in 2017, he had 23, he was at, uh, or the defense was at number 23. So there's an improvement there. They got better at three and outs. They got better at just the red zone scoring percentage. Uh, you know, so overall, this unit has gotten better. And I think it really goes back to the way that he's brought his new scheme and he's able to bring pressure from many different angles. And then during the drafts two years ago, they got Jair Alexander, who's an outstanding corner. He's really coming into his own. Oh, yeah. Kevin King as well is doing really great. They uh, brought in Adrian Amos over free agency, and this guy used to play for Fangio and the Bears. And, they, and then they drafted Darnell Savage and uh, Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary we haven't really seen a whole lot, but uh, he's more, you know, he's, he's a developmental talent. He was great with Michigan, but he's, you know, he, he's, a, he's raw, so he's kind of a project. But once this guy gets good, he'll be really good. And then they also brought in Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, on the defensive side and free agency. So they put a lot on the defense. And I think as a result, their offense has gotten significantly better because oh, yeah, they, I mean, they're more efficient, you, right? Right. I mean, you look at any kind of team with, even in today's league with some kind of more offensive heavy, but you got a, a defense out there that can, you know, keep the game in check, keep the opponent from scoring. Uh, I mean, it sounds like, sounds like a, John Maddock kind of phrase. Well, if you keep the other team from scoring less <laughs> points and we you score more points, you're going to win the game. Uh, there you but, go. Yeah, but really, it just it keeps it keeps the you know the game in check. Yeah. Uh, and if anything, you know you you get the opposing offense off the field. It gets your defense more time to rest. It gives your offense more time to get things going and get that momentum going. And that's exactly what we're trying to do with the Broncos. But uh, you know, game one, we really didn't see that. Game two, we saw a little bit more of that except our offense couldn't get going. Uh, but the thing that is really to stand out with the, the Packers, though, like you talked about, is there, there's all these newer players that they've really kind of acquired over the past couple of years that may seem like no names, but they're, they're really starting to develop and grow. And, I mean, these guys probably aren't going to be no names for too much longer. No, definitely not. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of youth on this defense, too. So it shows that, you know, it's going to keep getting better. Um, we, we even talk about the defensive line that's led by Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark has really come along this year in the last two games. He's a force and he's going to be a, a big issue for for the Broncos offensive line. Um, you know, we've got an OK middle at our offensive line, but uh, we're going to be really challenged. Um, you know, I think. Other than Garrett Bowles' insane performance of, you know, holding penalties, like <laughs> we don't need to rehash it. I'm sure we're tired of hearing yeah. about it. But I mean, other than that, I think the offensive line is really doing their best at this point. Um, what I've noticed in the last year, two years in the NFL is that offensive line performance has dropped significantly across the league. It's, right. it's really difficult to find those elite players of the position where, you know, maybe 10 years ago, there was many across the league, right? Uh, the defenses are more dynamic, they're more athletic, they're more versatile, and it's just the offensive line really hasn't been able to keep up. And then in college, these, it's all air raid offenses everywhere, high passing, you know, high scoring offenses, and you need lean athletic offensive linemen who can pass protect often. But then you get to right. the, the NFL and you need to put on weight, you need to change your body composition and be a better run blocker to be able to do a lot of different things at the same time. And it's just it's, it's starting to show that offensive linemen are very difficult to come around as a whole. So, you know, with that in mind, I think our line is, is doing pretty well. Um, other than Bowles, hopefully Munchak will be able to fix that. But, you know, there's some things, man, you just can't fix. Like, um, yeah, and I think, you know, the, we did decently against the, the Bears as best we could. And, and this week, I think that, um, you know, it's going to be another big challenge up front, especially the line and the, the linebacker. Position. If I could, if I could just say one thing about Bowles, I don't want to rehash. We have of all course. seen the news and the the memes and the posts. The the one thing that I have a problem with any player is when they're not doing well, but then they come out and they essentially say, "I don't have a problem." Yeah. And more or less, that's what Garrett Bowles came out and said. I disagree with what uh, what I'm being portrayed as in the NFL. At, at that point, it doesn't matter if you have a Mike Munchak coaching you. If you're not sitting there saying, "Yeah, I have a problem," then I mean, where do you go where somebody has a problem and if they don't admit it, they get better? Yeah. So why is this case going to be any different? And that's why I have very little faith. And that's why the, the, the left side is going to be the big problem. We saw what Cleo Mack did against uh, you know the left side there. Uh, even when they put him against the right side against uh, Wilkinson. It, Wilkinson did better, if you ask me. Um, except for when you know they try to block him with Noah Fant in. No fan is just, you know, first it was second, it was the second game in the NFL ever, but yeah. he is not a blocking tight end. So No, he's not. That kind of showed how desperate we were yeah. to try and stop Khalil Mack. 
So, you know, I think that's going to continue to be the issue. Any team we play for the rest of the year, as long as Garrett Bowles is out there, they are going to heavily test the left side of our offensive line. Oh, absolutely. And it's, you know, the, the, the refs are looking, the players are looking, they know what to do, they watch the film, and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just really scary. I think an issue with Bowles is he's a little bit undersized. He's at 300 pounds, so the weight can sometimes play against you as a lineman if you're not heavy enough, because if you get pushed around too much, that's when you might hold. Um, but what I see is his footwork is just not where it should be. His, um, I don't know. It's just like his mental state. Like you said, if he, if he doesn't see that there's an issue, he doesn't want to sort of take responsibility for it. There's only so far he's going to go in his development. And that's just and, it, and you know? That goes for any player. So Absolutely. When, when Emmanuel Sanders is out there, and I think Emmanuel Sanders is one of the the bigger leaders on the team, uh, if he's trying to talk to whoever and, and try to coach him along and say, hey, here's what you're doing wrong, here's what you need to do better, if the person's not willing to listen, it doesn't matter, matter if it's Garrett Bowles or anybody else on the team, it's not going to take. Yeah. And that's why this is a bigger issue than anything else is because that problem is not going to be solved until Garrett Bowles actually admits I've got a problem. I have got to change what I'm doing. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's a work in progress. It has been for three years, unfortunately. But uh, I think the, uh, the 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 last straw is, is coming around the corner. Um, but again, unfortunately, if, if we get rid of him, who do we replace him with? You know, Mike Wil- uh, Wilkinson can move over to the to the left side, of course. But what if he goes down? You know what I mean? It's the 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 depth is not there. The free agents aren't there either. You know, it's just offensive linemen are like quarterbacks now. They're almost impossible to find, like, really elite level ones. So it's – look at what Laramie Tunsil got, you know, in in that trade. Two first-round picks for Tunsil and Stills, and Stills was thrown in there, I'm sure, as a sort of way to, to bridge that. But, you know, high-level high offensive linemen are just hard to find. And then it falls onto the coaching staff and the offensive coordinator to uh, to fix that. And I think that Scangarello is, you know, he, he's part of that zone offense – world that you know we've talked about a few times on this show but he's able to manipulate the line in a way that keeps pressure off them you know if we if we do a lot of misdirections if we're sending guys left and right as opposed to up and down it gets the defense shifted gets them off their uh you know their the responsibilities and it, it can just liberate a little bit of pressure from the line and from flacco um but we're going up against a unit this week with mike Petton. like i said 16 players had half a sack last year that, that, to me, shows that pressure can come from anywhere. So hopefully Munchak will have these guys prepared because it's going to be a good think, test. I mean, if anybody is going to have an offensive line yeah. prepared, it's Mike Munchak. And I I know there's been a lot of people, uh, you know, talking down again about uh, the offensive game plan and Joe Flacco, but uh, Skagarillo's, I think, really come out with, honestly, a, a good game plan for both games. And he is brand new. This is, his, this is going to be his third game as an offensive coordinator in the NFL. But you can you can see that he's trying different things. Yeah. I mean, the, the Noah Fant block against Khalil Mack did not work, but he's willing to try those things to see, hey, we're struggling in this area. Let's try some other things to see if we can find something that works. Yeah. And ideally that happened at the beginning of the game, but he's, he's open to trying new things. And that's once he gets his feet under him and really develops a very solid idea of what we need to do based off the opponent we're playing this next week, or any week, uh, he's going to be, I, I think he has a potential to be a really great offensive coordinator paired with the de- defensive genius mind of Vic Fangio. I mean, this could be a solid, you know, a well-run team here, if not by the end of this year, then even into next year. Absolutely. I think, you know, it's clear that it's an organization right now that's building for the future. Uh, you know, we're not in a win-now situation. It's very obvious. Um, but, you know, hopefully next year that we will be. Unfortunately, we've been saying that for, you know, as long as I've been doing this show. So right. <laughs> it's kind of like the well, same story, but, you know, we can only be think optimistic. About, oh, easily. But, I mean, if, and I don't, I hate talking about the last two years, but if you look at who we had the last two years, it was a, a leadership in which mm-hmm. we had no chance of moving forward. So even this is our, our third year of the rebuild, really it's kind of like our first one because now we have a chance to move forward. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's why I think this this coaching staff is going to be around for a while because you're you're going to see these uh, weekly progressions and you know progressions every season. Now, one thing I want to ask you, Matt, uh, there's been talk and all you know people have been. I think Broncos country in general is kind of getting desperate because you know we want to start yeah. winning, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and looking good. Now there's calls for trading Von Miller, and if you ask me, trading Von Miller is the, completely admitting that we are scrapping this whole organization 
in terms of rebuilding literally from the ground up. And I, I just don't think that that's where we're at. So while we're in a, a rebuild mode, I don't think we're ready to completely scrap the entire yeah. entire game plan. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, like the Von Miller thing is, um, it's hard because a he's you know he's he's a legendary player for the Broncos. He's Super Bowl MVP. He's been around for a long time and he's done just everything that he's been asked for. He's been an elite player in his position for all these years. So to get rid of him, I think is. It's a challenge. I'm sure it's something you consider because in the NFL you consider everything. However, so far, I it's as if he's lost his his like his jazz. Like, where's that that sort of pre-snap you know zest and the speed off the ball and the, the aggressiveness yeah. and the the sacks and, and the pressure? Like, I haven't seen that from Von Miller this year. It's only been two games. There's plenty of time to change. Right? There's plenty of time to see where this is going, but I haven't seen it. And this is Fangio, who, you know, had great success with pass rushers like Khalil Mack and, and Leonard Floyd. And, and, and Miller, I believe, is in that sort of category of he's not as good as Mack, but he's up there. You know what I mean? If I think of the top five defensive sort of pass rushers, sorry, like outside linebackers sort of pass rushers, Miller's up there. But he just hasn't shown it this year. So should we trade him? Listen, take the emotions out of it. I see this player that might be on the decline. And if we're smart as an organization and see that we can get some high value from them, it's something we have to consider. Um, as, as much as it might hurt, it's just something that we have to really potentially think about. Because if we can get a first round pick, at least for, for Miller, that might be worth it. And, you know, you say that it's I don't particularly see it as a full rebuild because our, our whole team has sort of got a nice. Um, new energy around him. Like, it's not like we're losing all our pass rush. Bradley Chubb is there too. You know, he's somebody that we can now replace and put as a sort of face of the defense. Um, there's a lot of other gaps in this defense that, you know, if we can move Miller away and fill those gaps with some sort of other asset we can get, then that'd be fantastic. Uh, but it's just a matter of, you know, is he really performing at the level that we need him to perform? If he is not, then, well, something to consider because it's it's just the reality you know this we can't hold on to players because we, we like their personalities it's it's nice to think about it's what we'd all want to do but at the end of the day it's a business and it's the business of winning and if it's not if a player is not helping us win games we got to move on right and when we get new leadership right. on a squeeze on a squeeze come on on a squad listen to me uh we get new leadership on a squad it sometimes the players don't always line up with that you know that sort of new leadership and we see it all the time. New head coach comes in, we get rid of the veteran players. That's just, you know, the, the nature of it. It doesn't mean that they don't like them. It doesn't mean that we don't want them around. It just demonstrates that, like, well, you're not fitting into what we're trying to do here. Thanks for your help and your work. We'll put you in, you know, the ring of honor and move on, you know, and right. send you somewhere else. It happens all the time. And, you know, I'm sure Elway's considering it. Um, if, if he turns, turns us around and he starts performing like he was and he gets over this little hump, then, you know, pretend this conversation never happened but sure. if, if no, he, I, I love that if he keeps going at this pace we might be talking about a von miller trade before the trade deadline this year before he completely loses the value that he may have but it's um yeah it's a tough well, situation for sure based off of what we've seen from him this year alone i don't think he'd even garner a high draft picks, no. to be honest with you. No. yes he's well known but we're not going to get a first or second round draft pick out of him. Not if he point. was the Von Miller of two years ago and racking up, even yeah. last year, racking yeah. up the sacks, then yeah, okay. Uh, but I think really teams have come up with a good way to counter players like Cleo Mack, like Von Miller, those high-intensity pass rushers that are really going to destroy your offense. And it's all about those short passes, getting the ball out of the quarterback's hands as soon as possible. But then you look at see, like you're saying, that the pizzazz, the the – excitement that comes with Von Miller normally is just not there. He's not jumping off, you know, on, on you know, before the really as soon as the ball is snapped. You're not seeing that any kind of pass rush from him whatsoever and it seems like he's just uh, I guess the best word is blah yeah. during the game. There there's no and I, I'm not really seeing this energy from like any player on, on this defensive front, like the ball snapped and they just seem slow. They don't really seem to know what they're looking for. And, you know, that's typical of a new system, you know, and Fangio, like he, you know, he runs like a, a very efficient system. I said, you know, a few weeks ago that it was kind of simple. It, it sort of is once you've mastered it, once you really get how the system works, it, it, it does look simple. And right now it's very evident that this team is like just not fully getting there. Um, and I think 
you know, it's going to take a little bit longer, but it's just, man, you, you expect Miller to come around and be the first guy to embrace it, to be the first guy not to lose a step. And, and you know, it's not like Fangio's running a completely different scheme. It's the same 34 scheme that they were running in Chicago. And Fangio had great pass rushers in Chicago and they were, you know, at a high performance. So it's not like it's a completely new world, right? I think at the end of the day, like, you know, Bradley Chubb and Von Miller, I think it's a better combo than Khalil Mack and Leonard Floyd. Right now, though, they're not demonstrating that. So it's hard to tell whether or not, like, Von Miller has hit his peak and we need to move him before he completely falls apart or this is just a bad couple weeks and he's going to get over it. You know, we, we don't know we're not that locker room, but I still believe in him. You know, I still think that he'll, oh, yeah. he'll find his, his way through this. And uh, once I feel like once he gets that first sack, the rest of them are just going to come and then the whole defense will start opening up. Well, you think about it, that first sack, finally people can stop talking about where are the sacks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but look back to what was one of the first things uh, Coach Vangio said when he was hired. He challenged Von Miller. He said, Von Miller can do better, essentially. I'm not quoting that, but <laughs> essentially yeah. said, he can do better. There's, there's, you know, He has higher potential than what he's been doing. And Von Miller said, I love the challenge. Bring on the challenge. And we've seen the first two games. Well, where is that intensity? Where is that drive that we saw in the, the press conference that Von Miller gave after hearing that challenge from Coach yeah. Vangio? Yeah. Uh, and I, I really want to believe that, that if any player can really kind of get things going sooner rather than later it's von miller yeah uh and then everything hopefully will fall into place after that because again you get the pass rush going well now you know that's going to upset the quarterback that's going to drive turnovers in our favor and one of the big things is if you look at the green bay uh packers so far this season they're plus three on the turnovers so man if you're talking about trying to beat the packers we have got to get some of those turnovers on our side because you know they're averaging about one a game at this point right now in terms of you know Green Bay Packers getting a turnover. Well, we have zero on the season. Right Absolutely. Now. So, you know this is something that we've really got to get going this week in order to have a chance to win this game. Oh, definitely. I mean, just last week the uh, the Packers had one sack, two picks. Um, I think like Cousins had like a below fifty percent completion. So, it it's you know this defense is much better. Um, you know, and and our defense is they're doing. They're doing okay right now. It's just not where they okay should is good. be. Okay yeah, okay that's, is good. That's a good... It's good. I think the Broncos are the best 0-2 team right now. Um, I wouldn't disagree. You know, it's like it's the, the tallest short person. Like, at the end of the day, we're still 0-2. <laughs> but the other teams are the Dolphins. The Dolphins, I mean, they should just take the year off at this point. The Jets as well. Uh, the Steelers are... I've never seen the Steelers in a position of, like, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. I don't think they'll... I think they'll finish at the bottom of the division. It's insane. You know, the, the Bengals, the Jags, this is like the same sort of like, you know, the, the, the regulars of, of the bottom of the league. Um, and the Broncos, I think they're much better along with the Panthers. I think these are two teams that they're, they're better than their record shows and they, they, they will be able to potentially go on a run later in the season. But it's just a rough start at this point. Um, well, well, you think about it. We've talked about this already. Yeah. It, our, our win versus loss this last week came literally down the last second. How many times did you say it was a last second loss? You know, last this was second. literally yeah. a last second. Now we'd be in a position, let's say we didn't give up that 15 yard pass at the end, we'd be in a position of one and one, and this kind of conversation wouldn't even be happening across the entire NFL. Absolutely. It's only two games in, and people, because it's the NFL, and we're trying to garner, you know, uh, viewership and people talking about it. It's here we are 0 and 2, but really coming down to a, sec a difference of one second, now we're one and one team, and we're not even a part of this pod of 0 and 2 teams. No, absolutely. And, and you know, we're right up there with, like, you know, the Chargers and the Ra oh, Raiders are one and one. That's kind of sad. But it Don't even get me started. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, you're right. You're, we're second away from one and one. I think that we're much we're, – we're the best 0 and 2 team around right now. Um, I think this team is also insanely resilient. Like, Flacco last game, I was just blown away by his de by, about his demeanor. He never – seemed to flinch at the fact that they were losing. He never quit. He kept just driving the ball and doing everything he could to make us win. And he did. He did up until the end, even with that, yep. you know, that penalty to make us, you know, even like when we scored, tried to do two-pointer, it didn't work out, move back, try to kick, there's a penalty, go back, do the two-pointer. Flacco made it happen. We were in a position to win, and that's all we can ask for him. And then, you know, sec, like last sec, we, we were second away from being one-on-one, and, you know, like you said, I'm not going to get all the way back into that, but it's, 
it, it would look a lot different in that situation. You know, kudos to the Bears for staying resilient and all that. They're a great team. Um, but I do think we're a lot better than our record shows. And, well, hopefully we'll prove that this weekend against the Packers. Now, I want to, do go, I want to go back to one thing you said, and I wish this was something more people were talking about. Uh, even on our Tuesday show this last week, Beer Broncos and OBS, 7 p.m. Mountain Time for everyone who wants to know. Uh, one of the things I'm incredibly impressed by and the thing that's really giving me hope is the fact that we went for the two points yeah. right there at the end. Oh, yeah. How many coaches in the NFL would just decide, you know what, let's just go for the tie. Let's take it in overtime, see what we can do. Coach Vangio stood up in front of the team and said, I believe in you. You can go get this done. We can get the win right now. Mm-hmm. And we made it happen. Mm-hmm. So so my, my question to you based off this is how big of a confidence builder is that to the offense? Because the way I'm looking at it, the coach, for the first time in years, we have seen a coach instill confidence in our own offense and in our players and in our team. And I expect us to really go out there and, and show it on the field starting from the first snap uh, at the Green Bay game. Yeah, I, I totally agree. When Fangio was going for two, my first thought was, like, what are you doing, you idiot, man? What? Kick, kick it and tie. But then I was like, no. Well, I saw him, I saw him holding up yeah. two fingers. I'm like, what, why is he doing yeah. that? that <laughs> am I, I must be seeing something yeah. because there's no way we're going to go for two right now. I know. Like, Holy crap, we are. <laughs> I, but it's you're absolutely right. It's a confidence builder, and it's something that just – it just shows to the team that I believe in you, and if it works, great. If it doesn't work, fine. We're still going to go for the win. We're, we're coming to win. But it did work. It, That's the crazy yeah. thing. It did work. It worked, absolutely, and there's potential for it to work again. And this offense is is getting much much better, too, as the weeks go on. I think Scangarello is coming around. That first week against the Raiders, it was like – it was ugly. The first three plays, man, a, a jet sweep to a tight end and two screens. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Who does that? Garbage. Just garbage. But then the week <laughs> after, it got better. You know, the, the Scangrel's changing up his – excuse me, he's changing up his game plan. But, you know, there's still things that are lacking. And I think um, this is a good segue to get into uh, our potential against this Packers here because last week against the Bears, we passed 50 times. We ran 24 times. There's no balance there. there it's too much emphasis on the pass. Now – I understand why we did that because the Chicago front is exceedingly strong against the run. You just can't do a whole lot against that front. They're going to, you know, really block it up, but there's still a lot of potential. Royce Freeman had an excellent game. He's coming around as a running back. He's uh, he's, I think he's going to take over Philip Lindsay in terms of the starting role because he's really demonstrating his, his uh, ability to run the zone scheme that we've got. Uh, last week, Dalvin Cook against the Packers had 154 yards, 7.7 yards per carry. That's huge. That is something. Royce Freeman and, and Philip and Philip Lindsay can't get that going. Then you know we have to, and it comes from Scangarello calling a more balanced game. And I, I think you know he's going to really start to revert to that. I think he's you know he's aware of what uh, Minnesota was able to do against the Packers defense. Um, now the Packers offense is uh, we'll get into that in a second, but you know our offense if we maintain a sort of balance and we really focus on the run i think it's going to take a lot of pressure off of flacco and it's going to allow us at least to take our time in the passing game to run play action to run those jet sweeps to run that stuff that really is the signature of this zone scheme that scangrello got from shanahan uh so you know that's really what we have to do against this unit you know mike Patton's going to bring pressure he's going to put bowls on the you know on, on the platform and the spotlight and make everybody watch him hold. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's okay. We'll, we'll find a way around it. Um, flipping off to the other side here, the mm-hmm. Packers offense. I mean, this is an Aaron Rodgers led team uh, just based on Aaron Rodgers. This guy's a hall of fame quarterback. Uh, this, this unit is one of the most potent in the league. Um, you know, so, so our defense is going to really need to step up this week. We talked a little bit about them already. No sacks, no turnovers. Um, I, I can't see turnovers happening this game. Unfortunately, Aaron Rodgers is not somebody who throws picks. Um, They happen, but they happen very rarely. And fumbles too, it's, you know, I don't know. It's going to be hard to get the ball away from this offense. But sacks can happen because, you know, Rodgers is a guy who likes to sit back and run around. He takes those risks. The Bears had him on his butt like five times in their first game. Uh, Last week, the Vikings, they still pressured him. They got, you know, they got in his face quite a bit. And this week, this is, you know, what we're going to have to figure out. Um, the thing is, we're playing in Green Bay as well, which is uh, that's quite a tough field to play on and, and quite a tough crowd to play against. Uh, do you have any, you know, initial thoughts against this Packers offense? Like, you know, what kind of scares you against them other than Aaron Rodgers, of course? 
Oh, man, other than Aaron Rodgers, uh, I just think at how well-rounded they are. I mean, you look at Jones as the running back. Uh, in general, they're, they're a threat no matter what, what you're looking at, the passing game or the running game. Uh, and they're going to throw everything at you, you know, to try and throw you off. Yeah. Right? Just like a well-rounded team would be. You were talking just a second ago about how we're, for the first two games, we're a very pass-heavy team. We're not that even uh, pass versus run, whereas the, the Packers here are. Yeah. And so we have to be prepared for that. And, and look, Scangarillo is an NFL offensive coordinator. We can be sitting here talking about that. I guarantee you he knows that. Oh, yeah. Um, and Vic, Vic Fangio knows that going in when he's trying to game plan uh, for, the, for the defense there. Um, but it's just scary in terms of what they're capable of doing. And now you talk about us being on the road in the early time slot, I mean, the Broncos historically over the last, not just the last two years, but in general, talking about us playing on the road in the early time slot, you know, it's a concern, especially in Lambeau Field. Oh, yeah. It's, it's very difficult. I think, you know, I think Fangio is going to start by looking at the Bears film against the Packers from a few weeks ago. Um, uh, you know, they, they limited Aaron Rodgers to 10 points. So I think it's a really good place to start to see what they did against him to, to sort of cause that uh, and, and then sort of build outward. But I think at the end of the day, it's it's sort of irrelevant who we're playing against. We have to focus on just getting better overall. This defense needs to focus on really learning this scheme and, and, and mastering this scheme more than anything, uh, which is, you know, it, it's saying a lot. It's, it's asking a lot, but Hey, it's just the reality. Uh, this, this Packers offense has pro bowlers across the board. Their offensive line is one of the best in the league led by David Bakhtiari. This guy is insane. Just a beast of an athlete. He's fantastic. Brian Bulaga, he's been around for a decade. He's still really good. I remember when Bulaga was drafted, you know, and he's still playing at a high level. And that's just fantastic. And, you know, so, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's a great line. Um, their receiving core is really good, too. Devontae Adams is a true number one. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, he's got the best name for a wide receiver. It's awesome. <laughs> and, and Aaron Rodgers, uh, sorry, Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams are really, you know, putting together a show here. So this offense is coming from a, you know, a fresh perspective with Matt LaFleur. Um, Matt LaFleur was, you know, he learned from Kyle Shanahan and Mike Shanahan and he worked with Sean McVay. So, you know, he's part of this new group of offensive, you know, these, these offensive kids almost that are coming around their kids in their thirties, but they're, they're, they're coming through with a new dynamic and a new, you know, vision for what an offense can look like. Um, and I think, you know, Rogers is really taking well to, it, and I think they're, they're blending well and um, they've shown their ability to move the ball and to win games in these last two weeks. So this is going to be uh, yet another tough challenge. So the interesting thing is, I mean, if you're looking at, at stats and, you know, how we can approach this game. The the Packers have only scored four touchdowns in two games. Mm. Uh, and if you look at this, one rushing touchdown, three passing touchdowns. Now, we were talking about scary things from the offense. Their top receivers in Adams, Valdez, you know, whatever, <laughs> uh, and Jones, they didn't, they didn't have any of those passing touchdowns. It was Jamal Williams, uh, Geronimo, Allison, which, I mean, I wish I had that first name, oh, yeah. and Bravo. Jimmy Graham. And Jimmy Geronimo. Graham, yeah. yeah, but they had three of the four touchdowns, and so you're talking about the versatility of a team. Well, you know we can cover their first and second, you know, wide receivers, and, and look at their running back in the in the red zone there. But when you have you know second deep second string players out there, the ones that are scoring touchdowns, well, now you're you're tying that into the you know how good Aaron Rodgers is, and man, that's that's something to definitely watch. Now at the same time, they've only scored four touchdowns. You're talking about to a game. I think our defense can definitely hold them to two a game um, for this next week. But it's something they they absolutely have to do in order for our offense to have a chance to go out there and win because you're talking about how how solid defense is out there. If we we let them get more than, you know, three touchdowns and a field goal, well now, I mean, we're in we're not looking very good. Oh, definitely. I mean, like last week, Devontae Adams didn't score. No, but he had, you know, seven catches, 106 yards, 15, you know, yards per catch, basically. So oh, yeah. He had I mean, a, they're, they're, the wide receivers are strong, but when it comes to the end zone scoring side, 
But when you know Devontae Adams is getting twelve point nine yards per reception, yeah. that's a scary guy. You know I, what I mean? Absolutely. No, he. You know, there, there's good talent here, and the end zone. Yeah, it's you know Geronimo, Geronimo Allison's. I think their number three option, and uh, Jamal Williams is you know their sort of receiving back. But you know these are the guy, and Jimmy Graham's their tight end, of course. Right. Jimmy right. Graham did nothing last week. He had zero for zero for zero. You know, he didn't play the week before. He had like three catches and a touchdown in the end zone. Uh, but what I'm, I'm trying to say is the like these are the players that match up against our safeties and against our inside linebackers. You know, our safeties, I think, are pretty playing really well. Honestly, Kareem Jackson's coming along. I really like his presence and, and he's playing really well. But our inside linebacker situation, that's the same as it's been for the last few years. It's just the weakness on the defense. So if if we have to count on them to cover Jamal Williams and Jimmy Graham and, you know, the occasionally Geronimo Allison, it's. This is where Rodgers is going to expose us, you know, and, and hopefully Fangio can find a way around this, but, and hopefully Todd Davis comes back. As I was just going to say. He's, he's, he's back at practice. Hopefully that, you know, that'll help quite a bit, but, you know, these players are the ones that are scoring because, you know, they, they're the ones who are getting open. Like the Vikings have a great secondary. The Bears have a great secondary. So of course they're going to shut down the number one, number two option, but it's the other guys that kind of concern me on that offense. And when you got Rodgers in there, yo, it's... You know, anything's possible at any moment. We, so we can talk about how big of a factor Rogers is this whole time. So oh, yeah. it, it's, I mean, our secondary has to do their job, but hopefully with Todd Davis back, and I fully expect him to be back. I'm hoping Bryce Callahan is available as well to help out there, mm. and just in terms of the entire defense. Uh, but man, we have got to find a way to get some pass rush going yeah. because otherwise, you give Aaron Rodgers more than two seconds in the pocket every single time. Oh, he's, he's, <laughs> he is going to find a way to make stuff happen more uh, often than not. As he has. So yeah. it, it, it comes down to we need a total defense to be able to stop this offense. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I we have the potential for it. We have the unit for it, I think. We've got the coach for it. It's just right, you know, we're waiting for it all to come together. And, um, you know, I, this is just another big test. And, you know what, it's – I'm kind of okay with these hard games early in the year because look, it, we're, we're getting through a really big challenges week to week to week. Week one is an embarrassing loss. That's an emotional challenge to get over. Week two exactly. is a heartbreaking loss. That's another emotional thing, but it's against a at really home. good team at home, you know, and it's against a really good team. And now against the Packers, here's another good team. Like I, I'd rather be playing these really good teams and just, you know, barely winning or, or they're just almost winning and being competitive than playing like, you know, bad teams and just dominating them because that's not a fair ass assessment of who you are as a, you know, as a unit. Um, you know, I think the Packers will, you know, we'll get into predictions in a sec here, but um, yeah, you know what, let's just cut right into that. Let's go right into these predictions sure. here. Uh, you know, I think the Packers are going to win, sorry, and I think that, you know, it'll still be a tight game. I think the Bears, uh, sorry, the, the Broncos will be competitive, and I'm I'm thinking it's going to be a 24-15, 24, we'll say 24-16 game for the Packers. Still close. I think we'll be very competitive. We're going to get better this week, um, but the Packers, just given their overall talent, experience, and the fact that they have, you know, a generational quarterback, I think that just puts them in a position to win at home. We're talking about a team that, for years now, have have been experiencing these really close games. Mm -hmm. and I've said it a million times on our, our Tuesday shows. We had six games last year where we lost by a touchdown or less. Three of those were by a field goal or less. So mm. this team is dying to find something on, you know, get something going on their end. And I think this is the perfect example based off what we just talked about. Heartbreaking, embarrassing loss on the road against the Raiders, which who wants to lose to the Raiders, especially Nobody. Broncos country. Yeah. So, you know, they get embarrassed and pissed off there. They come home and they, they literally lose by a second at home, mm. you know, after getting that two-point conversion, I mean, there were reports of Manuel Sanders slamming his helmet against the wall on his way in the locker room. I mean, these guys are yeah. visibly angry. But we saw the growth between week one and week two. This is the Broncos' chance to go on the road and get people to shut up about talking about how, you know, we're still the same team from the last couple of years. We still are, you know, looking terrible. I mean, if we can pull off this win on the road in the early time slot, so on and so forth, against Aaron Rodgers, this is the chance we have to really change people's perception of who the Broncos are. All of a sudden, if we can beat the, uh, the Green Bay Packers in their own stadium, now we have a chance to really be taken seriously down the road. Uh, and I completely agree with what you're saying about, hey, we're playing these, these tough t games early on, these tough teams early on, but if you look at our schedule in general, I mean, just our divisional games alone, those are 
I mean, tough. Yeah. And I would say the Chargers, but they just lost to Detroit last week. So, I mean, uh, and that's going to be another home game yeah. for us when we play them uh, in a couple weeks. But uh, I really feel that with the emotion that we have behind this ball, uh, behind our team going out on the field and how we're going to take care of the ball and, and hopefully, you know, we're expecting, I'm expecting to see the offense go out there and pick up exactly where they left off with that two-point conversion and make stuff happen, get the run game going, pass game going. I know I'm rambling on, but I'm trying to explain why I'm going to pick who, why I pick who I am. Um, and, I mean, you guys look at me and say I'm always the most optimistic person on, on Orange Weekly. Uh, not just because I'm the founder, but I really think that this is a team that can and make this happen. So I'm going to say Broncos 24, uh, Packers 21, because okay. we're, we need to – I think they're going to be able to score three touchdowns against us, but – um, keep them out of field goal range for the rest of the drives. And, and, and you look at how close Flacco was to connecting on a couple of those other touchdowns. Yeah. I, I mean, we catch a couple balls there. We, we beat, we beat uh, the Raiders. Yeah. You know, we get a couple other things. He doesn't throw that interception at the end of the Bears game. We beat the Bears hands down. So this is their chance to make things click. And our defense, especially with Todd Davis, Davis being back, hopefully again Callahan is back as well, this is our chance to change people's perception of who the Broncos are. And the players the players know that more than anything else. Absolutely. So Broncos, Broncos 24, <laughs> Packers 21. It took me about four or five minutes to say that, but I think that's what Broncos country needs to keep in mind going into this game. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're so right, man. It's, it's been so close for so long that it's – you know, I don't think Vance Joseph was the guy to really coach the team to get over that hump, but then <laughs> – you know, I'm just gonna laugh. At that. Yeah, uh, Fangio though, like he had, you know, I I love the expression. He had the balls to go for, you know, two points at the end of the game, and that's the stuff you need to win those tight games. The the confidence to just finish, you know, to win, and it just it didn't materialize. But it was so close, and just that's they're getting there. You know, Fangio doesn't look upset about the losses. You know, he's got a big picture in mind. He wants to build a winning organization. He just doesn't want to win a couple, like, flashy games early in the season. Um, we've seen so many teams start really hot and just fall apart. We've also seen a lot of teams. Well, look at us the last two years. Exactly. And look what happens. So. Exactly. It's, you know, it is what it is. Week three is notorious as well for trap games. It, you know, it's when teams really start to find their groove. So, you know, yes, I'm picking the Packers. I like to go with, you know, with my head and my sort of, you know, general. Unfortunately, like, uh, yeah. you've been right more than not. Well, <laughs> so I'm ready for that to change as well. Yeah, exactly. I've never picked any other team than the Broncos to win. <laughs> You're the best believer, and I hope they win just for you, honestly. Just for me. I need this it. more than anyone else. Most definitely, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, yeah, Kevin, you know, thanks for coming on the show today. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, do you have any parting words? Anything you want to say before we, uh, we close off? Parting words is to Broncos country. Like we just said, Vic Vangio has a bigger picture and, and a long-term plan versus what Broncos country wants to see right now. It'd be nice to win a couple quick games, get some, you know, feel good, you know, whatever going through Broncos country. And if we lose again, you know, for an extended period of time, well, then what good was it? Yep. Vic Fangio is the guy that's going to be able to build this team week by week and get it into the, the team that he wants and the team that's going to win, you know, more often than not. We've got to stay patient. I know Broncos country is spoiled, especially with Peyton Manning and John Elway mm -hmm. behind, you know, mm -hmm. running the team. Um, but we, we've just got to be patient, and it, it hurts to say it, but that's where we're at, and we're going to start seeing this team be more and more competitive every single week. Absolutely. I mean, I think we're we're just getting over the Peyton Manning hangover. You know oh, what I mean? It's, it's like he was he was great. Like it was so much fun to watch him just close off his career with the Broncos and bring the team to super two Super Bowls and win the one. Like it it was remarkable. And you know we gave up. I don't think we gave up a lot for it, but it was a big investment. But it was a short term investment. And now we're still feeling this sort of, you know, we we could have had a younger quarterback. We could have built for the future. But Alway wanted to win right now, and he did. And right. kudos, and it worked out. But it's you know at the end of the day. Once he retired, the backup plan was Trevor Simeon and Paxton Lynch and Brock Osweiler and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And where are these guys right now? Paxton Lynch's on a practice squad. Brock Osweiler's backing up. 
somebody I don't even know <laughs> and Trevor Simeon he just man he, he's out for the season unfortunately I don't want to laugh at a career a season ending injury but no but his performance against the Browns was porous and it, you know anyway so at the end of the day we're still feeling the hangover Joe Flacco is in the future of the Broncos but he's a great bridging quarterback to at least you know demonstrate what it means to win to get some of these young players on offense to understand what it means to win and how to do it and once this team really starts to build up that steam uh, the steam it's going to really work out for us but you know we got to do it Fangio's way I believe in Fangio he's proven to be an excellent coach and um, you know I'm just excited to see the future here and these these losses or these wins right now ultimately don't really matter in the great scheme so um, yeah a lot of promise a lot of potential um, you know, way more than we've seen with uh, the VJ in the last couple of years. VJ. Can, can I get some some Orange Weekly stickers or pins made that say, "quote I believe in Fangio, Matt"? Yeah, yeah, please. There. Yeah, quote me. I believe in Fangio. I believe in Fangio. <laughs> I do, man. I see this guy on the sideline, and he just. No, I do too. It's awesome. I just want to quote you on it. Yeah, yeah, please, absolutely, man. Put my face You're the on first, it too. You know, it's official. It's here. It's yeah. said, and you know we're gonna go forward, and it's gonna happen. Yeah. I really do believe that. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's um, it's just a work in progress, and it just kind of sucks because we went from, you know, Super Bowl winning to you know three years of really just uh, unfortunate season after season. Um, you know, it's going to come around. Hopefully Locke is, is going to be a good quarterback of the future. Um, you know, but next year, man, I'm, there's some good quarterbacks coming on the draft. And if we end up falling low in, in the draft order, it could be great. There's some really good ones, but we'll see. You know, Elway's not the best at drafting QBs. Uh, don't even get me started. Yeah, <laughs> that's for another show. We'll do that later this year. <laughs> not today. But uh, not today. anyways, Kev, thank you so much. It's been good. Um, to everybody listening, please, you know, uh, visit our website, broncosorangeweekly.com. We, we publish some articles every week. We put videos up there. It's a, it's a nice place to come and get your, your, your Broncos fandom. Um, and otherwise, you know, keep your chins up. There's, there's, there's a long road ahead with a, with a new leader at the helm. And uh, there's a lot of things to look forward to, even though we've lost a couple tight games. You know, it's okay. It's, it's not the end of, uh, of, of you know, of, of the streak right now. It's week three coming up. Lots of things can happen. The whole season can turn around at any time. So as we go off here, you know, as always, go Broncos. Go Broncos. Take care, guys.